Hey Jeepers, on this week's show, we'll hear how FCA is doing after having to revamp all their sales figures back in July. And we'll find out why Samsung might be buying a Jeep. Our first guest host of the month, Tony Martin from the Media Mart, joins us for some color commentary. We'll tell you about some off-road events coming up and play your voicemails as well. We'll be talking suspension and steering in Tech Talk. Tammy's going to be telling us what the opposite of buyer's remorse is and just how bad she's been bitten by the Jeep bug. All that and a whole lot more coming up on episode 245 of the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. First week in G. Okay, boys and girls, can you say do-over? Remember how just about a month or two ago, FCA was in trouble for artificially inflating some of their sales numbers? Well, they've revamped their system and the way that sales and actual units are tracked and reported. And Well, for the month of August 2016, FCA reported U.S. sales rose 3.1% from a year earlier based not on last year's numbers, but on 2015 numbers that were adjusted downward sharply as part of that five-year restatement of U.S. sales that was released in late July. I guess the figure originally reported last year, FCA's U.S. sales would have been down would have been down 2.4%. FCA said today that the Jeep brand sales were up 12% in August against its restated sales from a year earlier. Wrangler was the only model in the Jeep lineup to post a decline from a year ago, with sales falling, now check this out guys, a whopping 16%. FCA reported that it had 557,383 unsold vehicles in inventory, which roughly equates to about a 74-day supply. So there's no shortage of steering wheels this time around, and with 24% of its sales figures accredited to fleet sales, I'd say FCA needs a pretty big promotion if it's set on liquidating that inventory before the end of the year. Well, Samsung Galaxy Note 7 versus Jeep. Who wins? This is all but breaking news as it just hit the interwebs this evening. But the news has been out for over a week now that Samsung is reportedly recalling the phone in 10 countries after 35 instances of Galaxy Note 7s catching fire or exploding for no good reason when confirmed. The latest victim? Wow. A Florida family who now is mourning the loss of their Grand Cherokee after one of their Samsung phones burst into flames on Monday and destroyed both itself and the Jeep. Nathan Dorniker and his wife Lydia were cruising uh, garage sales in St. Petersburg, Florida on Labor Day with their daughter and their service dog. They stopped at home to unload a desk they had purchased earlier. When they got the desk out of the Grand Cherokee's hatch, Nathan left his shiny new Galaxy Note 7 charging in the Jeep Center console. When the family went to leave again to run more errands, they were shocked to see that the Jeep's interior was completely engulfed in flames and thick black smoke was pouring out of the panel gaps. The St. Petersburg Fire Department responded to the blaze, but it was too late for the Jeep. The fire destroyed the vehicle in mere minutes. It's really too bad as the Jeep was clearly loved by Nathan and had been heavily modified with aftermarket equipment. The phone? Well, it's nothing more than a thin rectangular piece of plastic charcoal. In his own words, this was not the barbecue I was looking for on a holiday weekend. (laughs) We hear you, Nate, from all of us here at the Jeep Talk Show. We send our deepest condolences for the loss of your Jeep, and we hope that you can get back on the trails here very soon. For the rest of you guys, well, it's all over Facebook, and we'll try and have the link up for you in the show notes for this episode so you can see the pics of this tragedy for yourself. And of course, big thanks goes out to everybody who helps us out each and every week 
for stories, uh, submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. If you have something that you think we should be reporting on or you have a response to any one of our stories, by all means, send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. So, Josh, you said this was a Grand Cherokee, right? Yeah, from the pictures that I could glean, it was a WJ. Okay. So, in other words, the, the good news is it wasn't a real Jeep. Oh, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. He did have a, a mild lift kit on it, some aftermarket uh, wheels and tires, I believe, and uh, and some other accessories and whatnot. Um, this was a Jeep family, guys, and and this is definitely a, a loss. Thankfully, uh, there was no damage to the home, and they got that yeah. nice desk out of the Jeep before um, it was able oh, to good. catch on fire too. So, um, luckily, the the damage was isolated to just the Jeep and the phone. Uh, which still sucks, but nonetheless, uh, I'm hoping that the insurance is going to take care of this. If nothing else, Samsung should step in and, oh, and do totally. what's right. Now, I was talking a little bit off the air before we began the show, guys. I am going to reach out to Nate and his family and see if he'd be willing to tell his story in his own words to us here at the show, because uh, this is definitely something that uh, I think everybody would want to hear about. Yeah, and and just so you guys understand, my uh, Grand Cherokee dig isn't really at Nate and uh, his unfortunate situation or anybody else. No, that has it was a grand. definitely directed it right has, at Cody. Yeah, it has to do with me <laughs> directing it to Cody, <laughs> the guy that does our Grand Adventure segment, because he's going to listen to that and go, oh, I can't believe him. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a little ongoing thing that uh, Cody and I have. So um, Nothing but love. Yeah, nothing. don't take offense. It's it's not like the hate I have for uh, the, the Cherokee Trailhawk or the Renegade. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See? I stepped it up a notch. I went there, then I went a step further. <laughs> uh, no, all the Jeeps are great. <laughs> You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. What's up, guys? I'm Kobe. And I'm Jason. From Morgan Trail Off-Road. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show. I'm Clyde, and this is Tommy. From the Run House! You're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. Cheers! You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Hey, you are listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast, and the Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 Podcast. Send us to your podcast. And Trail Chasers Podcast, it's your one-stop shop for everything off-road audio related. Hey guys, September is a month that we're going to be doing a special thing for you guys. Guest host, that's right, we're going to be having a fresh voice here on the show each and every week. On the Jeep Talk Show, that's right guys, fresh faces and fresh voices. We're going to be keeping who it is a secret until the very last minute. So, join us for a very special September all month long with guest hosts here on the Jeep Talk Show. This week, we have the one and only Tony Martin from the YouTube channel, The Media Mart. Tony, let's give the folks that may not be familiar with the Media Mart a bit of a taste, pun intended. <laughs> Who writes this stuff? <laughs> Tony, and I'm mad. Red light cans. Tolls. I, I, I hate them. Sad fact has come to light. There'll be no more Twinkies. No more Twinkies. Bacon and cheese and that egg. Hey, hit me. Camera, Cam. The Mm. Light down. So, oh, do not drop it again, please. I don't want to listen to you complain about having chili all over the <laughs> Yeah, so right. the best damn root beer you ever had. So loud. Hey, it's the average guy coming to you with a special auto review. 
<laughs> so you guys can see uh, Tony's uh, page right there on YouTube. Uh, that uh, he'll have to tell us where uh, where that where you can we can find that because I didn't put it up on the display there. So uh, Tony, thanks for joining us tonight. Oh, you know what? I should get your uh, get your camera on here so we can see you. Thanks for having me, guys. So yeah, Tony, uh, glad to, glad to have you on. Your channel has been blowing up uh, over the over the course of several months. You have a ton of great videos. A lot of them very funny. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your channel? Sure. So. The, the uh, it's sort of the goal for the channel is to present an average guy's uh, point of view of consumer products. It started with uh, vehicles, and actually the Jeep brand is what really started it for me in 2011. Uh, I guess you wouldn't think of it as a Jeep, Tony, but uh, the, uh, <laughs> the Grand Cherokee was redesigned, and I fell in love with it. So I love YouTube because I'm able to connect with folks and talk about all different things can see there's a variety of content on the media market. Yeah, there and is. A lot of food, what I, which I appreciate. Lots of food, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not as healthy as I used to be. But, <laughs> uh, aren't we all? <laughs> but you got an excuse. You can say, Doc, I'm not as healthy, but uh, making all these YouTube things, it's, it's a sacrifice I had to make. So, it Tony, is, really, really quick. I love Jeep, guys, and I am a proud owner of the new Jeep Renegade, Trailhawk. Oh, very good. Um, I want to get into that a little bit here in a second, but I, I really, really quickly want to know what was the inspiration behind starting up the YouTube channel? Was there one thing that kind of set you off and you kind of just had to, all right, this, I'm going to take to the web and speak my <laughs> yeah. voice. You know, was there, was there that one thing that was the deciding factor? It was, uh, really, it was that Jeep Grand Cherokee redesign. I rented it for business and I fell in love with it. And so I, I needed a creative outlet. I made the video in like 15 minutes. I posted it. The next day, I had all these people asking me my opinion about the Cherokee, the Grand Cherokee. So it was really the fact that I could interact with folks and, you know, people would take me sort of seriously. Although <laughs> I, I think you probably lost a lot of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the confidence I see on those videos, Tony. <laughs> No, I totally get about the interaction with people. That's one of the things that I love so much about my blog as well. It's, it's great to be able to, you know, and, and no comment is a bad comment. Well, exactly. Well, right. <laughs> but it, it's fun to be able to like just, and you would not, I would, it's amazing how many folks ask me about, you know, what should I buy? Uh, how should I do this? How do I modify this? And, you know, I'm an average guy. Uh, I'm not a, you know, a gearhead per se, but uh, I do like to interact. And I go to folks like you guys who know what you're talking about a lot of times to get uh, answers to the, the viewers that I have on the media. No, we certainly appreciate that. We don't always know what we're talking about, but we try to act like we do. So that's, uh, as I tell people, that's 99% of being a man. That's right. <laughs> make it until you make it so uh, do you travel around the country i see you going to a lot of food places and i get the feeling that you eat lunch at a lot of uh, like uh, maybe not fast food but it, uh, several of the places the videos i've seen are fast food uh, is that how you got involved in the the food reviews yeah so uh i guess the food reviews yeah i do travel a fair amount and, uh, I, I think food is another i'm an expert in food right we're all experts in <laughs> Yeah. Like so, it's it's something that 
people just love food, right? Mm -hmm. People love automobiles and they love food. I, I try to find things that I'm passionate about and make videos about. I was especially interested in seeing the, uh, the Burger King uh, Whopper Dog, I think is what it's called. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was, uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty, pretty funny how the weenie dropped on the floor, uh, oh. of the, of the, the renegade <laughs> that we yeah, just you, saw you in the video. You couldn't have that happen. Like you couldn't plan that. <laughs> no, you can't, you can't write that kind of stuff. Seriously. No. no. Yeah, then the notes, it says drop weenie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drop it now. Drop it now. <laughs> and then somebody's reading those, you know, or the wife is reading those notes and going, what kind of video are you making? Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> So Tony, yeah, that, tell us a little bit. Of, tell us a little bit about your Renegade. Um, and what what made you go that direction after, for all intents and purposes, falling in love with the Grand Cherokee after the redesign? Yeah. I mean, that's a far cry from a Renegade. Tell us how you got from a Grand Cherokee to a Renegade. All right. So some of it is uh, obviously economics. Um, sure. But when I was at the twenty, I believe it was the twenty fourteen New York International Auto Show, I actually really really liked the Jeep Renegade in love with it there. So when I was doing my shopping around, I, I actually started to look at the Cherokee first. And, you know, I just decided on the Renegade. I liked the looks of it. It, it, it certainly was a little bit more affordable than going with the, the, um, the Grand Cherokee. So yeah, a yeah, no, definitely economic. a big difference in the price, to, in the price tag uh, between the two vehicles. Yep, have, yep. You, have you found that the Renegade suits your needs well enough as far as like space, comfort, the way it drives and handles and all that compared to maybe an older Grand Cherokee that you could have gotten for maybe roughly the same price? No. So <laughs> it definitely was an impulse buy. I'll be honest about that. Uh, in fact, I was recently looking at the Grand Cherokee Laredo new ones. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was itching a little bit and uh, the Wrangler. To be honest, after I tried, uh, I did a couple of reviews uh, recently with the new Wrangler. Uh, I did the, um, the Sport and then the Sahara model. Um, it, it was an impulse buy. I think the Renegade, there's something charming about it. Um, but in terms of space, there's, a, there's no space. Um, <laughs> no cargo hold, no the back seats. And if you get the wrong trim level, you don't get cup holders in the back. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> wow. Which trim and level of the uh, Renegade do you have? I have the Trailhawk. I guess it's the base Trailhawk. Okay. But there's a package, believe it or not. And, and the funny thing about it is I do this review of my vehicle. I'm like, and they don't even have cup holders. And I've been hearing how, like, <laughs> hey, I have cup holders. Like, <laughs> you're doing a review of the car, and yet, like, you've lost all credibility. So... Uh, <laughs> Well, no uh, cup he, holders is a big thing with the Cherokee crowd because up until uh, the the '97 uh, redesign of the Cherokee, it did not have cup holders. So if oh, you yeah. if you had an '84 through 1996 uh, Jeep Cherokee, you had no cup holders, and it was a major issue. There was mods yeah. all over the internet <laughs> about how to add cup holders to the Cherokee. So it's a it's a big deal in the, the Jeep Cherokee world. They made the same uh, mistake again. 
Well, yeah, I think cup holders and, and Jeep have have not necessarily been the best of friends <laughs> over over the decades, and and that's certainly been one thing that seems to to pop up in in almost every model is is the cup holder or lack thereof or the shape or the size depth of you know whatever. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, one of these days somebody will make the perfect cup holder. I think. So Tony, I've got to ask: Is do do all the Easter eggs, the Jeep Easter eggs in the the Renegade? Does that make you feel more Jeepish? I know Tammy does. She loves all her little Easter eggs and her her uh, Rubicon. I mean, I think if it says Rubicon on it, it doesn't need any, any Easter eggs. But you know, it's it's funny. The Jeep, the Jeep folks make me feel more Jeepish. Yeah, uh, you know, it, w- with the Renegade, you you do have that like I'm in a Renegade, you know. Um, but <laughs> the Easter eggs are nice. They're a nice touch. Um, but the community is awesome. I mean, just Jeep folks are the best. Hey, Tony, let me ask you a quick question. Have you found all the Easter eggs on your Renegade yet? I don't believe I have because I said uh, someone told me there are 30. Oh, wow. I I don't know if there's every Easter egg on every trim level. I I think some of them have more than others or or some of them have, you know, some and some of them don't have these or or whatnot. I I think it might come down to trim level, but I I don't know for certain because I I haven't had a whole lineup in front of me of all the uh, all the trim levels of of the Renegades. Now, I've seen a few of the Easter eggs myself. Uh, on the Renegades that I have come across in in person, but uh, uh, yeah, I was just curious to see if if you kind of went you know head to toe and and looking for yep. the ones on your own rig. Yeah, no, I don't think I've found them, all. but I, I will. That's Definitely. a challenge. Now let's I, see who can find the most. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Well, I think it's time to uh, to move this along. We'll talk a little bit more with Tony as the show goes on, but let's get over to our next segment. Shut up and listen. <laughs> So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. (laughs) Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G-Mama. Hey, folks. Um, We were just talking about buying Jeeps. And when I bought my Wrangler, it was one of the best decisions I could have made for myself. It changed my life. However, never in a million years would I have thought it could have changed my life the way it did. So here are five things that I was never told when I bought my Jeep Wrangler at the time. Sahara, first, and these are in no particular order. Um, first, I discovered my newfound passion for off-roading. And when I was at the dealer trying to decide which Jeep I wanted to buy, which Wrangler I wanted to buy, because there was three of them, <laughs> the Sport, the Sahara, and the Rubicon, I asked the salesman, what is this Rang- or this Rubicon? What's it all about? And how is it different from the Sahara? Because they looked the same to me anyway at the time. Well, he said the Rubicon was the off-road package. And he began to tell me about what was in this package. And to me, it was like, blah, 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 blah. So I cut him off and I said, hey, I won't ever go off-roading. I don't need a Rubicon. And I will never forget that particular moment in my life. It's vivid in my, my mind. And the salesman was probably laughing at himself at the time. Little did I know that would become my addiction. Um, one of the other things was that I didn't, they never told me was I was going to get my hands dirty and I would start wanting to buy power tools because I'd want to do my own Jeep installs. And I remember when I would get mad at my husband because I would look at him like, you have way too many power tools. Nobody can have too many power tools now. <laughs> Um, The other one was becoming part of this great community. 
this Jeep community, this Jeep family. And that's one thing never in a million years I would have expected meeting so many wonderful friends and people who share the same passion as me. Um, the fourth one is they didn't tell me that I wouldn't have an excuse not to get to work during those bad snowstorms. <laughs> yeah, now, right. now it's my job to go pick up all the employees and head to work. Um, the fifth thing, they, I should have bought my Rubicon first thing, which eventually I did Halloween 2015 when I traded my Sahara for my 2015 Rubicon. So, and then a year later, I lifted that with a 3.5 inch lift and 35 inch tires. Um, and there's tons of other things they never told me, but those are like the top five. Um, so is there anything that you didn't know when you first bought your Rubicon that they didn't tell you? Give me a shout at info at jeeptalkshow.com and use the subject line Wrangler Talk. I have one that I'd like to share. Oh, okay. please. I did not, I was not aware that they made Jeeps in any other color than red. <laughs> I, was gonna, I figured you were going to go, I, they didn't tell me that red Jeeps were sexy. I, you know. I know. Oh, <laughs> that's I what I was waiting it's for. It's funny that you mentioned that. Here Ooh, we go. Red Jeeps are sexy. <laughs> there it is. All right. Moving on. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, Just that's, crack yourself up, don't you, Tony? I do. I have a hell of a time. It's me in my head. <laughs> no, I'm just, uh, everybody can see uh, uh, Josh and Tammy's face on that, especially Tammy's. I, I know I get the Tammy. She, I was she, drinking when you said that. Could I? So, could you should have spewed. <laughs> we have to practice you spewing at the camera and just getting I it know. all drenched. You I have to get, get those tearaways on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's great. So, uh, great information. I like that, Tammy. That was uh, that was very good. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo! Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? Give us a call on our voicemail line, 530-675-4102, and let us know where you listen to the Jeep Talk, Talk Show at. Hey, the Jeep Talk Show now has a forum, guys. If you'd like to get in on the ground floor of what will soon be the web's most premier Jeep, che Jeep tech and fan site, well, then you need to head over to the all-new site that we have for the Jeep Talk Forum. Uh, Tony, what is the link? What is the name of that site that people can go and find and subscribe to and become a member of and get all in on that fun action? Oh, my God. I can't believe you don't know the name of the forum. I'm trying to include you in the show. Oh, okay. Well, th I was wondering what the blue highlight was. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it is really simple. It's Jeep Talk Forum. So if you go to jeeptalkforum.com, you can uh, go over there and sign up. And you know, we actually have a Facebook connect. So you can actually use your current Facebook logon to register with the Jeep Talk Forum. And How easy is that? And the bonus aspect of this is when you make a post or you reply to a post, you'll see a little checkbox down there below the post that says post on Facebook. So you can make that post on Jeep Talk Forum and your Facebook page 
simultaneously, almost at the same time. Wow, that is almost simultaneously. <laughs> so it's uh, it's really good news for us, not so much for you. But <laughs> but please check that box and let your uh, let your uh, family and friends know. And uh, uh, registration and use of the site is completely free. We even have a little hundred percent gratis. Yep, that's nice, guys. So yeah, JeepTalkForum.com is where you go for all the latest, guys. Be sure to check it out, and you can find all of us. You can find me as Josh. You can find Tony as Tony, and you can even find Jeep Mama as Tammy. Yep. Oh, and the uh, the hot, kind of the idea behind the Jeep Talk Forum is for you to get more information from what you get here on the show. You know, the show moves kind of fast, sometimes slower than other times, but uh, and uh, uh, especially with Tech Talk, Josh tries to cram a lot of information in a just, short period of time. Just wait till here in a few minutes. I got something <laughs> for you. <laughs> so this uh, this forum will give uh, all of us an opportunity to put more detailed information. Uh, and you'll find a forum inside the Jeep Talk Show forum. I'm sorry, the Jeep Talk forum uh, about uh, Tech Talk. So you'll be able to go there and get more detailed information and ask questions of Josh that's and right. the other members. So that's kind of the whole idea is kind of it's like expanding the show, making the show more interactive through this forum. And hey, speaking of interacting with the show and whatnot, well, we encourage you guys each and every week to let us know how we're doing. Give us some constructive criticism and, well, rate the show. And of course, you guys step in and do that for us each and every week. We are knocking on the door of 100 reviews on iTunes. And this one just came in uh, earlier last week uh, with a five-star review by Big Daddy. He says, the new call-in show. New now on two times a week, exclamation point, like eight times. <laughs> Tuesday's call-in show is great. Five-star. The only downfall is lack of time. 30 minutes isn't long enough for the addiction. Thursday's show is always great. Keep up the great work. And thank you, Big Daddy, for that awesome review and the five-star rating. And, of course, you guys can hop on board as well. Do the same thing for us by hopping over to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or even TuneIn.com. You can even leave us a review on YouTube or even through Facebook. That's right, guys. Plenty of avenues for you guys. Let us know how we're doing. And we do read each and every review here on the air, including the ones that aren't so awesome. Oh, Josh? Hey, I, have, I'm sorry. I have a quick question for the other Tony. Okay. Um, can you still hear me? Oh, yeah. I'm here. Do you get a lot of reviews on on your um, YouTube reviews? channel? <laughs> I do. get lots of comments. Some great. Some not so great. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you if you could uh, rate the guest hosts, guys. Oh, there we go. Yeah, you guys oh, can always um, call yeah. in and let us know how you uh, how what you think of the show. 530-675-4102. It's a 24-7 voicemail line, so nobody will ever answer the phone, so don't you know get all that stage fright and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so 3 o'clock in the morning and too many adult beverages, by all means, <laughs> give us a ring. Especially you guys can also I, leave us a voicemail on our SpeakPipe feature, which is right over there on JeepTalkShow.com. You'll find it over there on the right side of the page. Looks like a little microphone says, leave us a message. Just like an online answering machine, all you need is a microphone hooked up to your computer or to be using a smart smartphone uh, on the site. So uh, that's another easy way that you guys can leave us a message. I think they should start rating each other. You got us. tech questions? Oh, what do I ever have answers. Oh, that's good. I just, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Well, I told you guys we have a long one tonight, and we kind of do, so buckle in and, and hold on. This one came in via email from Cameron Kirkland. He says, hey guys and Tammy, really enjoy listening to the show. I work security at night several days a week and listen to the podcast for quite a few hours of each shift. I have a 2001 Sport TJ 4-liter 5-speed manual. 
When the second owner and first owner brought it off, bought it off the lot with a three-inch suspension lift. He never took it off-road, so I got lucky there as I knew nothing was banged up. I've had it for over five years now with some minor wheeling spread out over time. And I think the lift kit and some of the steering components are starting to wear out. I'm hoping in the next four or five months to get my research done and bank account built up enough to do a new lift and some com and some new steering components. The TJ is pretty loose on the road, which I know is pretty common for Jeeps, but I also hear guys talk about how well their Jeep drives and see guys driving the Jeeps across the country, which I will be doing soon after college. My question is, where can I start with tightening up the driving and steering aspects so it's not quite so intimidating to drive for long distances, especially on the highway? I want to keep the TJ hopefully forever, and I'm willing to put in the time and money into new and upgraded parts. A new steering box was put in about a year ago, and that helped things some. Thanks for the great podcast. And thank you, Cameron, for taking the time to reach out to us and tell us about your Jeep and ask a question that I'm sure many Jeep owners out there have faced a time or two themselves. What to do when the steering starts to get a little sloppy and components start to wear out? Well, the good news is that there are a ton of aftermarket parts, or both parts OEM as well as aftermarket that can help with this or any similar situation. And some of the maintenance on these parts can be done with simple hand tools. So let's see if we can't get Cameron pointed in the right direction. Since the pump has already been replaced, we can eliminate that as a problem right away in Cameron's case. I might suggest to double check the tightness of the mounting bolts, if nothing else. If his box was old, leaking, and had some play in it, no jokes, Tony, please, then I'd say to look up the procedure for tightening up the internal backlash of the box for that specific vehicle and see if you can't get rid of some of that play. Going through all the bolts in the front end to make sure they're torqued to spec is also a good bit of uh, routine maintenance and may help you find a problem or a worn component quickly. But the biggest culprit in the front end of most TJs, XJs, and MJs is the track bar mount. I can't tell you how many of these I have seen wallowed out on one end or the other. Typically, it's the axle side that goes out first, but I've seen both in pretty bad shape more than a few times. But in all reality, any one of the serviceable or replaceable components on the front axles of our Jeeps can give you some grief or make it less enjoyable to drive the rigs we all love. So here's a list of things to inspect and how to check for the most obvious signs of wear. Safety first here, Jeepers, so don't try any of this by yourself. This is all best done with a buddy on hand to lend some help and be there in case something happens. We've covered the track bar already. That's the part that keeps the axle centered under the Jeep. But here's how to check it. With someone else in the Jeep and the ignition on but engine off, have the person start cranking the steering wheel back and forth. About a half turn one direction, then back to center, and a half turn the other way is about all you need. What we're doing here is putting some strain on the steering system, trying to turn the tires against the friction of the pavement, but without the assistance of the steering pump. This also loads the steering components up with forces that otherwise wouldn't be this prevalent. As the person works that wheel back and forth, you'll be looking for the following. Spots of shiny metal, indicating excessive or fresh wear. Extra movement, either side to side or rotationally. There will be some roll in tie rods, but there shouldn't be a whole lot, if any at all, in the track bar. The things, if the ends are moving back and forth or the whole thing is rotating excessively, well, then you know it's time for a replacement. But it might not be the bar ends themselves. It could be that the mount is wallowed out, meaning that the hole that the mounting bolt goes through is no longer round and close in diameter to the bolt that is going through it. If that's the case, well, then the quickest and easiest fix is to weld a washer to the front of that mount. But again, that's just a band-aid. I mentioned the tie rod, and that is the part that ties one knuckle to the other so that when you turn the steering wheel, both wheels turn at the same time. The stock setup has one end that's serviceable, meaning you can replace the rod end when it wears out, but the other side, I guess, Jeep thought was indestructible, since they made it a part of the bar itself. Very poor design. So if that's the side that goes, well, guess what? You're replacing the whole thing. But the fun doesn't stop there, because the inverted Y system the Jeep has been running for decades is a good system, but in this case, the drag link was designed and built the same way. The purpose of the drag link is to provide the steering force to one of the knuckles, so as you turn the steering wheel, it turns one of the wheels, and then the tie rod will turn the other side in turn. 
pun intended. The drag link has a serviceable rod end at the pitman arm, and the pitman arm is the arm that comes off the shaft of the steering box, which the rod end of the drag link is attached to. All of these rod end points should not have any lateral or side-to-side -side movement, just as they should not rise and fall in and out of their mounting holes in the least little bit. Just as with the tie rod, your helper, as your helper works the steering wheel back and forth, you'll be examining the rod ends very closely. There are four points total. The rod end at the pitman arm, the rod end where the drag link meets the tie rod, and at both knuckles. The final components don't have as much to do with the steering and require a slightly different procedure to diagnose where. The control arms keep the axle where it's supposed to be front to back and provide the path of travel as the suspension cycles up and down, as well as provides resistance to the axle wanting to rotate under the Jeep on its own axis. The factory system uses two control arms for the lower half of the axle and two for the upper half. Lowers have bushings on both ends, while the uppers have the bushings on just one end, having the other mounted on the axle side. Also, a poor design. These bushings wear out over time and can allow the axle to move around more than it should. Control arm wear can affect everything from the way the Jeep takes a corner to how stable it is under heavy braking, and can even affect tire wear and MPGs. You'll see signs of wear as the stock bushings will be cracked, worn, brittle, or have chunks, of missing, ch chunks missing altogether. You may also see a clean spot where the arm was moving around the mounting bolt, and the friction creates a clean spot. You may also feel it when you brake suddenly or take off very quickly as a shifting of mass beneath you. Perhaps even a thud or a clunk may accompany this sensation. Control arms can be tr tricky to replace, and pressing the bushings out and replacing them with new ones in the factory stamp seal control arms to me, well, is a waste of money and labor. If your stock control arms are toast, do yourself a favor and replace them with aftermarket. They've already been replaced. Well, good news is that most aftermarket control arm manufacturers use easily sourced components to rebuild or replace them. Last couple items that we're going to want to pay attention to is the wheel bearing or unit bearing, or sometimes called a hub, and the ball joints. When the wheel bearings or ball joints begin to go out, it's usually a slow process that doesn't happen all at once, so you may not see the signs of wear until it's too late. Check these, you'll need to get each of the front wheels off the ground at one time, at, one at a time. Then grabbing the tire at the 3 and 9 o'clock positions, try moving it back and forth. Do the same with grabbing the tire at the 6 and 12 o'clock positions. What you'll be looking for is excessive movement in the axis in which you're applying force. You can also remove the wheel and grab in the studs, jiggle the living you-know-what out of it. There shouldn't be any play in either the hub or the knuckle or any grinding sound when spinning it. If you see any red flags at all, by all means, replace the component in question or have it serviced by a professional. Keep note that when dealing with suspension and steering components, sometimes you'll need more than just basic hand tools, and you must always take care not to over-tighten things. It's always a good idea to pay attention to the way things were installed before. It'll help you when getting trying to, trying to get things aligned when you're putting in the new stuff. Oh, and do yourself a favor, Jeepers. Anytime you work, uh, do any work to the steering system or swap out linkage, get the rig in for a professional alignment ASAP. It will extend the life of your new components that you just put in, and will keep you enjoying the trails for years to come. Hey Jeepers, if you have a tech question that you would like answered here on the Jeep Talk Show, just shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line, Tech Talk. Yeah, that grinding noise, uh, you'll think it is a, a brake, um, uh, you know, like you're running out of uh, brake pad uh, on your disc brakes. And it turns out that by the time you're going home for the afternoon, you get this uh, wheel wobbling like it's going to fall off. And it will <laughs> if you're not careful. I had to have mine towed home, uh, and I think oh, I had. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. Yours yeah. like almost seized up, didn't it? Uh, no, it was just wobbling really bad. Uh, oh, okay. I was trying to find the right, the sweet spot where I could keep going. I think I made it within uh, seven miles of the house, 
and <laughs> wow uh, yeah so yeah i've uh, i replaced the the wheel bearings on um on more than a few jeeps over the years and and some of them i've seen where you can actually grab the hub part from the bearing part and separate it by like three quarters of an inch almost and it was just ridiculous yeah i think it's a good thing that's held together uh you know with the uh, the axle and the, the bs bolt but still mm-hmm. uh it will uh it, it, i think i got about eighty thousand miles out of my first pair uh but uh yeah, what Josh said. Uh, the thing that I, the way I check mine is get it, get the wheel up uh, out of the uh, off the off the ground and spin it and listen for any drag. And uh, well, there there you will hear a little bit of caliper drag. That will right. be normal. But what you're going to be looking for is like a grinding or a very heavy metal on metal sound. There's a, there's a distinct difference, and I know not a lot of people are going to understand this. The difference between what caliper drag is and a wheel bearing going out. Mm-hmm. Now the calipers will always have pressure on the rotors. They will always have some drag on the rotors. There's no there's not really an air gap in between the um, the the brake pad and the caliper. So as you spin that wheel, you're going to hear that brake, uh, that brake pad dragging on the rotor slightly. That's normal. That sound is supposed to be there. But you know, with, th- with that not there, it's just the wheel bearing. You spin that thing, it should just be dead silent. If you hear any right. noise at all, then it's on its way out. And you can always uh, take the wheel off, uh, pull the calipers like you're going to do a, a disc front disc brake job, and uh, uh, tie it up so that it doesn't get in, tied up and uh, tangled up into anything. Yep. And then uh, put the wheel back on with a couple of lug nuts and spin it again. And there then, you go. And then see if that uh, that noise go, has gone away. And then you can eliminate the possibility of it being the uh, brake pads uh, rubbing on things. So uh, and also too, if you notice a little something, but you're not quite sure, um, then uh, you know uh, mark it on the calendar. Come back in a couple of weeks, depending on how many miles you drive, and do it again mm-hmm. and see if it's worse. Take a video, take a couple pictures, um, you know, make note of it. And and if, if you ever have any question about a component on your Jeep, you can always, well, give us a call. Or if it's an emergency, please make sure that you take it to a qualified professional yes. near you as soon as possible. Yeah, it's always, it's easy to check out. And they're not always right, but uh, uh, better safe than sorry. Hey, folks, you know, we love to get your emails just like Josh read, but you can also leave us a voicemail. So you can call us at 530-675-4102, or you can jump over to our website at jeeptalkshow.com and leave us a message. Just click on the leave voicemail button. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do. So at the beep, leave your message. Hey, guys. This is Cody from Indiana. I uh, today ended up driving my Jeep to work after I got the TJ fixed. It was a little bit chilly. Had to throw my Columbia on. Just wanted to say uh, good job on the show the other night, guys. And uh, hopefully next week we can start on some other subjects other than uh, overheating issues. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> you it's, have a good week. it's funny Back. you mentioned the overheating. Thanks, Cody. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, moving, there was a time, there was right a time guys, where uh, <laughs> we probably went about eight straight episodes with nothing but overheating talk. Oh, yeah. uh, Tony was was in the midst of uh, like an engine rebuild, uh, engine swap. It had been battling overheating issues for years. And eventually we just had to ground him from talking about that anymore. So You know you love your Jeep <laughs> whenever you change out every stinking component with, it, with the exception of possible, possibly painting it a different color just so you can fix the overheating issue. So oh, See, red is a hot color, Tony. This is why you were overheating. I tried to tell you this before. Hey, you know, the chicks dig it. <laughs> or so I'm told. Um, um, 
Now we're moving on to another segment that we have every week. And I'm not sure Tony, the other Tony, is really going to understand this <laughs> this little part of the show if he's never watched it. But anyway, it's something that we enjoy each and every week. So hopefully it's like a rated G. So, you know, Nikki G Please is man. a is a universal uh, understanding. You don't have to really understand Nikki G if you're to, a guy. to enjoy. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. if, you're a, if it's a guy thing. <laughs> From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I'd like to take a second and talk to the uh, women in the audience. Uh, both of them. Uh, <laughs> That's you, Josh. Us men have worked you. hard and played hard all summer long, and now fall is here. It's the time of year that we look forward to. We like to spend one day a week just relaxing, sitting on the couch and watching our favorite thing on TV. No, I'm not talking about football. I'm talking about The Walking Dead. I love the walk. Please, for 44 minutes a week, we ask that you leave us alone and let us enjoy watching some poor son of a gun who has it worse than us. And I'm not talking about Rick and the survivors walking around. I'm talking about the zombies who have to eat them because you know all that walking has made those guys gristled and tough. Except for maybe Carl. He's still young and tender. All right, guys and girls, I'll uh, chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. And then it took an ugly turn. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, when's When's The Walking Dead coming back on, Josh? Have you been following? I believe that? it's like this Sunday or something. Oh, I, it's it's right around the corner. Oh darn! Yeah. Does, does I'll it, be at a concert. I'll be at a concert Sunday night. So, Tony, do you watch The Walking Dead? Do you get a chance? I know you travel a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a cliffhanger last year, and yeah, I don't know how they come back from that. Uh, they don't. It, it well, seems to me it should come out around baseball season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Batter up. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's going to be uh, interesting. Gonna be some, uh, this is going to be a very interesting season, but uh, yeah, as, as a, a fan, old fan of the show says, this is a Jeep talk show, fellas. Right. What was his name? Denver D1. <laughs> that was Denver oh, D1. Denver, yeah. The one and only. I have a question, guys. Shoot. If I may. It. So I'm a well, city guy, right? All right. And... You talked. I heard you talk about the, uh, you know, all the things that you can do to check the, uh, the uh, cheap out. How did you get involved with like? Or how did you get the confidence to just start working on your own Jeep? Oh, that's I've a good question a- for Tammy. I think. Yeah, Tammy, why don't you take the reins on this one, and I'll follow up. Um, I think for me, it was peer pressure. <laughs> um, <laughs> seriously, because yeah, smoking, when, drinking, and working on the yeah, Jeep. <laughs> when I. Um, when I first got my Jeep, I had no idea there was this Jeep community and getting involved in social media, you see what other people do with their Jeeps. And you're like, oh, wow, that's cool. And then you, you start interacting with people and they're like, oh, yeah, you can do that yourself. We do all that ourselves. And I'm like, and they're like, oh, no, you should never take your Jeep to a dealer shop. You oh, should never God, take no. your Jeep to a shop. Do it yourself. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to try <laughs> some simple things. So... I haven't gone into the engine yet. I don't need to knock on wood yet because it's new. Knock on wood. That's funny. I always (laughs) knock on wood. Um, But I, for me, it was peer pressure and it was doing little things slowly to build my confidence up. So in other words, it was uh, encouragement from the Jeep community. (laughs) Oh yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Kurt, that's a better, nicer way to say it. Yeah. See, so me, so it, are modifications like tattoos? Like you get one and you have to get more? <laughs> yes. Right. Well, that's, that's what uh, a lot of people call being bitten by the Jeep bug. And, and I think uh, in, in Wrangler talk, Tammy definitely uh, talked about, you know, kind of some of those points of how she was bit by the Jeep bug, as, as it were. And, and anybody who, who uh, you know, might consider themselves a Jeep enthusiast probably has at one point in time been bitten by the Jeep bug in one form or another. Uh, for me, it, it hit very early uh, as my grandfather uh, owned a, a, a Jeep dealership back in the day before I was knee-high to a grasshopper. And one of my earliest memories uh, of driving is sitting on his lap, driving his, uh, his Wagoneer uh, up to Mount Hood when I was about five years old. And so, you know, steering the Jeep, and that was just the coolest thing ever. Um, and of course, I had to be a Jeep owner when I, when I got older. And my wrenching and, and mechanical experience um, just kind of comes from an innate ability to understand this sort of stuff. I, I've been very mechanically and technically inclined from a very young age. So a lot of the stuff just came natural to me and, and being a gearhead and stuff and being interested in motorsports and, and things that are automotive related and all that sort of stuff. Well, uh, it was just a, a, a natural discourse for me to, to go into that sort of field as a profession for a number of years as well. Uh, and then of course, being a cheap bastard, uh, I don't want to <laughs> have take, you know, my vehicle to other somebody else and pay them a boatload of money a to lot. do the things that I am capable of doing, um, or at least capable of learning how to do. And so that's where a lot of the stuff that came into, came into play for me as well was learning how to do things on different vehicles for different people and teaching myself how to do certain things. And that just was translated into my own hobbies. Yeah. I think another thing, Tony, is what I found there's a lot of Jeep clubs or just Jeep groups of people and they have they're wrenching parties and they all help each other out on their jeeps. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and that means that one person's working and the rest of them the are standing around <laughs> drinking beer, drinking beer pointing. eating pizza. <laughs> hey, hey, did you torque that properly? You know, you missed that dust shield over there. <laughs> yeah, no. That's, so, uh, <laughs> Tony, what year is your Jeep? So, I is have the a, 2015 Renegade Trailhawk. Right. But I, I have a fancy for a, an old Wrangler. If I'm going to start... Yeah, doing stuff, you know. If I'm gonna, you know, learn, maybe I'll get an old Wrangler and, and work on that. That would be an awesome thing to watch you do. Yeah, and they are they are easy to work on. There's a ton of support online, whether it be through forums or um, uh, through you know aftermarket support and stuff like that. So not a bad choice there, Tony. Now you said you're a city guy. So does that mean that you you don't really have a garage and a, and a good selection of tools and stuff? Is is that kind of what I'm gleaming from that? Yes. All right. Well, you know, everybody's got to start somewhere. I believe that Tammy, even uh, when she got her Jeep, really didn't have much of a tool selection. Am I right, Tammy? No, I had duct tape and a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you much. know, with some JB weld, you got pretty much the whole kit. <laughs> you know, right there. That's all you really need for show repairs. Uh, no, I mean, hammer. you know, really, I mean, my husband spend, had you, tools, but I started buying my own tools. There you go. A couple hundred, few hundred bucks at, at, at Sears or something. Get yourself a decent set of craftsman tools and, and really a good set of, of basic hand tools. And, and you'll be good to go for 90% of what you need to do. I'll tell you, uh, you can go down to Walmart and for 20 bucks, get a, a, a set of Stanley sockets and a, yep. a socket wrench. And it isn't the best uh, quality, but it's very good. I have some Stanley sockets and stuff that I've been using for years. 
Yeah, the 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 ratchet, the sockets, and the Torx screwdriver is the most thing that I've been using. Yeah, Torx. That's the star bit, people. Torx. T O R X. It looks like a little star. A sin against mankind. The newer Rubicons, you get the whole little set free. No, oh, it's yeah, not right. free, Tammy. It's not that's free. Fifty-two thousand dollars. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you, you get that. You get that. A great set of tools and a fifty-two thousand dollars Jeep. Those Easter eggs free. that come in there aren't free either, Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> oh gee, well, great, great question, Tony. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Tammy. So let's get over to your product review. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to finding out about uh, what you're going to review this week. Well, this week I'm going to review one of my birthday gifts, and that was the Off-Road Antenna X. This is one Jeep item I don't think I would have ever bought for my Jeep. Well, maybe after I ran out of all other Jeep parts to buy, because <laughs> you need to buy. But for me, this wasn't at the time on the top of my Jeep list, but I'm really glad I got it. Um, now I don't need to listen to my stock antenna every time I drive into my garage and it hits the garage door, nor do I need to worry about it getting snagged up in those tree branches when I'm off-roading. And my stock antenna would bend. You have to bend it back, that kind of thing. Um, this antenna that I got is a plug-and-play antenna. It's super easy to install, less than five minutes. All you need is an open-end wrench to help loosen the stock antenna. And I needed my mechanics gloves when I tightened the new antenna because I just needed that little extra grip. Um, I think it's a sleek, black, weather-resistant antenna makes my Jeep look more bad, A. Can't say that word. Um, Personally or because of the show? Because we're on live TV, sure we have radio. Any, yeah, yeah, we have the explicit. Okay. So. Yeah, we, oh, okay. We, we, so have, the, we have the radio ass. for that. Okay. And it does not affect Bluetooth or Cirrus, Sirius. Did I say that right? Cirrus. Cirrus XM. And it only affects AMF and reception. So far, I have not had any reception issues. However, I'm in a big city and I haven't ventured out in the country yet. So I'll know more about the full effect of the reception when I head out to Roush, Roush Creek in a couple of, in a couple of weeks. There's a few people that have had bad reception issues, and I think those people live in the smaller towns. Um, but nowadays, not m- many people listen to the radio anymore. It's more about hooking your phone up and using your own playlist. So this is one Jeep part I should have bought a long time ago. It only sells for $17. You can get it on Amazon. And I was lucky enough to save that $17 because I got mine as a birthday gift. So I'll let you guys know in about a month or so when how it performs over um, the long distances out in the country. So I would recommend that you keep that uh, other antenna with you because if you ever get into an emergency situation, and especially if you're evacuating, uh, that little... Uh, dummy load oh, that's that a little good idea. that little dummy load that you just screwed onto your uh, your jeep is not going to pick up as well as a longer antenna uh, you're I, always about the emergency prep tony well that's the main reason why i started all the stuff with the jeep and right. uh, I, I, it may never happen but uh, it's not that big a deal to find a spot i think for your full-sized antenna and very easy yep. to change out and it might help you in an emergency uh, this would be especially important <clears throat> on the AM broadcast band. And, and generally speaking, that's where you're going to get most of your emergency information from. 
Um, the the antenna that you need for the AM broadcast band is literally a hun- is hundreds of feet long. So whenever you have just the antenna that comes with the vehicle, it's already really, really, really short in comparison to what the size of the antenna should be. So that when you put a smaller one on there, it makes it even worse. So uh, I don't, I don't go the whole ham radio details on that thing, but this, the, the, the best thing I would say, it would be to hang on to that other one and keep it handy. Good point. Yeah, I would, I would definitely second that. Um, but with the technology that's gone into digital tuners nowadays and the radios that we have, I mean, chances are it's going to be fine for 99% of what you're ever going to encounter. But I mean, it's it is a good point that Tony raises that if there is ever a an evacu an evacuation emergency um, to that level, you are going to need uh, to be able to rely on radio communications if they are even still going. So, um, I mean, just one of those things to where you know don't throw the baby out with the bathwater type of thing. Um, you know, hold on to the old stuff for at least a little while uh, to make sure that you know that one this is going to 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 work indefinitely or at least for the long run. Uh, and two, that uh, if it doesn't, then you at least have a backup. Yep, yep. All right, well, let's get over. Oh, uh, before we do, let's uh, talk about our survey. We've, we've got a little survey uh, that we'd like for you to take. It's not a big deal. It's just, uh, you know, uh, the last 10 people you've slept with and uh, blood type. Blood type. Uh, no, Social I'm sorry. Security, that's that's yeah, not. All, that's, all that. Oh, yeah, and pen code. You know, all just the, the, the simple stuff. <laughs> no, this is, this is just really basic uh, sales type stuff. Male, female. Uh, your general age, um, blah, 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 blah. We're just trying to find out uh, what our uh, audience uh, is like. What do you call it? Uh, not economics. What do you call it? Demographics. Uh, demographics, demographics, right. What are demographics? In this case, are. metrics. So just go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash survey and fill out the uh, this little survey. I mean, it's literally a page on your screen uh, and take you maybe 30 seconds uh it, it's very, very simple, and uh, we're going to do this for several weeks, and then we'll contact our uh, uh, show provider uh, where we host the show, and they'll be able to give us those inf- that information. We'd just like to have some, actually. So let's get over to uh, our campfireside chat. What the hell? Where did you guys find this city boy? Uh, we got an extra Jeep around the campfire tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what that was? I thought somebody brought a toaster. Oh, Tony. <laughs> Give the guy a break. Jeez. <laughs> I'll take well, mine uh, extra brown. <laughs> last week, I told you guys that uh, that I, I was probably staring down the barrel of a blown head gasket on my 99XJ. And um, over the course of the holiday weekend, I was doing some troubleshooting and, and playing mechanic and, and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, and, and I did a few things and checked out and got some more information about exactly what has happened to my Jeep. Well, uh, if you guys recall, what had started all this was the um, auxiliary fan relay going kaput and, uh, and not allowing the uh, fan to turn on uh, as I was climbing a very large hill loaded down with a bunch of firewood. And the Jeep very quickly overheated, and, well, yeah, the rest is history. So um, I did get the Jeep back into the garage and everything. Uh, I did a compression check over the weekend, and everything actually checked out very, very good. Now, the stock 4-liter motor is supposed to have anywhere between 125 and 150 PSI per cylinder with no less than, I believe, it's 10% variance between all cylinders. And mine fell right smack dab in the middle of everything. I had one cylinder, I think it was my number 3 or my number 4 cylinder, that was a little bit low, 
but it was still well within the parameters. And so I, I actually couldn't be happier with the compression check. Um, the plan now is basically I'm going to pull the head and I have a spare head, which I'm going to actually uh, do some modifications with and play around with a little bit. I'm going to do some port matching on the head and intake manifold. Um, that's right, guys. A little bit of port and polish job here. And then I'm going to take the head to be magna flux to make sure it's all good. Have it hot tank to be cleaned inside and out. And have new valves, new valve seats, and springs to be put in by a pro because I don't have that special tool that you need to do that specific job. I don't have that spring compressor tool or the really the know-how to replace the hardened valve seats, which have to be done if you're going to be doing this kind of a job. New head gasket and lifters are going to be going in as well. I'm going to hold off on replacing the cam for now. I think we're going to be okay. But that will be a game time decision after I have a look at the lobes once the old lifters are out. And speaking of game time, hey, Tammy, football season is just around the corner. Are you ready? As a matter of fact, I am. I just got my toenails <laughs> painted. Minnesota oh, oh did you really? Oh. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. I think uh, Goliath. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, all, um, all the foot people are going, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, Tony, the other Tony, um, this yes. is where we all sit around and share what we're doing you know, with our Jeeps and stuff. But I'm curious, what are you working on next for your YouTube channel? Any sneak peeks? Yeah, that you so could share today, with us. Today, I got uh, the, I had the opportunity to look at the new. This is not a Jeep, but I looked at the uh, Maserati Ghibli. So that's oh, my I'm jealous of you. Um, yeah, I but I, I would love to come out and actually do a review with each of you and do some off-roading. Oh, I could meet you in Pennsylvania, and we can even have. Um, XJ Nate, our Wrangler Extreme guy, meet too. YJ, oh, he just he just got extremely insulted. <laughs> <laughs> XJ Y YJ XJ LJ. It's not a Rubicon. J. It's not a Wrangler. What do I care? That's what Tammy's telling you, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I am all for it. I'm all. Yeah, for it. Should, that would be a Tony, great if, time. Tony, if you ever do make it out to the West Coast, I hope it's not any time in the next month or so. I, I'm not going to be able to take you out wheeling until uh, probably after the first of the year by the uh, the looks of the amount of work that I have to do on my rig. Now, if you are out here on business, however, I'd be happy to meet up with you uh, for you know coffee, beer, whatever, sit down, uh, maybe even have you in studio and uh, and just uh, chew the rag a little bit. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Now, love Tony, to, have you ever like been Like I said, I'll be out before? to all of you. Have you ever been off-roading before? Not the way you guys do. I mean, I, I in my last review, I took the Sahara into this thicket of uh, high grass, but nothing, you know. Well, that's pretty oh. extreme for a lot of people, uh, Tony. I don't know if you realize or not. It's uh, it can be very exhilarating the first time you do something like that. Oh, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's yes. the vehicle feels more at home off road, and I guess yeah. you all know that. Yeah. Um, it's similar to a mountain bike when you're on, you know, just like the suburban streets and you, the first time you take the mountain bike on a mountain trail and you're like, boom, it, it explodes, you're alive. Yep. That, yeah, I'd love to do some off-roading. So I am ready to go with each of you. Well, and out here in the Pacific Northwest, we have some of the most majestic and spectacular vistas to wheel out in. So uh, you'll definitely be in, in for a treat uh, when we finally get you out here. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Now, uh, how much traveling do you do? Do you go all over the United States or is it, uh, I'm, I'm trying to see how that dovetails into your wish as far as uh, doing the videos uh, with, with the, each one of us. I, it it kind of sounds like you're going to be out in various areas at different times anyway. 
Sure, I do a fair amount of traveling. Uh, not not as much lately, but for um, for the right you know the right video, the right experience, I'd be willing to. Oh wow! To get out. Okay, I I just figured you were doing it. Uh, you know, like hey, I'm going to be in the area anyway, so let me do this. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that happens. Uh, not as much as it used to. I used to travel a, a, a lot more. How many miles do you got on your Renegade, or do you have to use your Renegade for the travel? No, so I have a lot of miles. Uh, I have I bought it last September, and I'm approaching eighteen thousand miles on it. Oh so wow! Fair amount. That's that's about what a fifty percent more than average lease miles. Yes. So yeah, you're yeah. you're definitely uh, putting the putting the digits on. I am, and I, I'll tell you, it it uh, it's held up. Yeah, that was the other thing. How does it? How do you like it driving uh, on the on the freeways and stuff? Is it uh, a nice, comfortable ride? It, it, I love the the driving dynamics. Um, I love the driving dynamics. I love the style. the The things I don't like are um, the storage, no cup holders. Well, you need a trailer, so you just pull yeah. those little trailers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it has a small tank, small gas tank. I think oh, it's I'll a 12-gallon gas tank. Oh, wow. How many miles do you get out of, uh, not per gallon, but uh, per tank? Not many. So, like, I, more than 200 or? Yeah, a little over 200. Okay, well, you're you're right in line with having a Wrangler or a Cherokee. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I get about 215 out of mine. Okay. Yeah. And that's an 18-gallon tank. Wow. <laughs> yeah, mine, I get about 240. Yeah. That's really good for your 35s and stuff, Danny. All right. Well, I, I think I'm floating around 11 if I'm lucky. So yeah, I was pretty excited. It's like you know you drive a lifted Jeep when you get almost 13 miles to the gallon, and you're really excited. <laughs> you go to Twitter and Facebook and tell everybody. So, uh, Tammy, what's up with you? Um, well, I'm still trying to find time to get my diff covers on. Um, I was gonna meet up with CPO and do it, but um, I think I might try to hook up with my friend's husband. He has a dent garage of like you know didn't remove like an auto body yeah. shop thank you um but in the meantime i'm noticing lots of rust on my rock sliders oh, oh. and on my um front bumper well that's comes so from scraping I, it on the rocks tammy yeah oh. and oh my gosh you should see my undercarriage of my jeep <laughs> my um gas tank skid plate is all banged up and there are just scrape marks. That what's are that, uh, Josh? What's that stuff that converts rust into something that isn't rust? Uh, well, there's lots of stuff on there. I think the one product that you're talking about that's been around for a hundred years is called navel jelly. Okay, I, I don't want to know how they collect that. But <laughs> if <Hi>. you, <laughs> if you, uh, you can actually put some stuff on there. Uh, actually, yeah, no, Cl- Clyde have, and I, Tommy did a video uh, on how to uh, uh, paint over rusted areas. And they put this this stuff on there, and then it converts the rust into something you can paint. You know, it doesn't have to be fancy underneath. You're just going to tear it up again. So oh, you just right. want to stop just, the rust. Well, I need to be careful, too, because up here in the Northeast, we get lots of salt. snow, and yeah. they just pound yeah, the streets with salt. Right. Um, so it, I just now, need to protect it a little better. If everybody but drove Jeeps, you wouldn't have to salt the roads. Just saying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Tammy, you were talking about buying a tool to uh, yes. to, to this end. What, 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 what well, are you that, looking at exactly? That's one of the things, you know, I'm, I'm not just going to spray stuff to make the rust go away. I want to make it go away myself. So I'm going to get myself one of those big electric sanders like I Don't. used 
um, <laughs> at our shop. Uh, I think that's no, called here, a grinder. Here, no, I'm, I'm being serious. I'm being dead serious. I know Tony's yes. laughing because I because I just shit on your point, but um, <laughs> no, but no, I'm, don't I'm do being, that. I'm being dead it's a serious. Stupid thing don't to do. <laughs> don't go out and buy a big sander. You plain and simply don't need it. One, it's going to be kind of expensive because that's a lot of tool, especially to get something any anything that's worth its weight. Um, secondly, that tool of that size is meant for very large product projects. So unless you're going to be sanding an entire body panel, you really don't need that big of a tool. What we're talking about here is trying to get some oxidization out of some, you know, grooves and, and scratches and stuff like that. And a big old four inch or six inch DA is not going to do that for you. What you the money that you would spend on that, trust me, Tammy, will be better suited buying yourself a very nice and very complete Dremel tool set. You know, and one of that, the fabricator guys told me that I should go get a Dremel instead. Yes, yes. And, the, and the, there's several reasons for that. One is that, that Dremel is, is a good company and they make a good product. But two, um, it is it, the tool is so versatile, meaning that you can use it for trimming and cutting and also grinding and, and polishing and, and things like that. It has so many uses and if you get the right one, you can even, you know, take the head off of it and put on one of those, um, one of those vibrating cutter type of heads um, that, that you could saw through, you know, sheetrock and stuff with. But they're just, they're so easy to use and, and some of them even have variable speed. So it makes them even that much easier to use and really dial in, you know, the tool for the job that you're doing. Trying to do what you're going to do with a big old, you know, sander like, like what you're looking at is going to be extremely difficult and you're going to find that it's very hard to do anything with any degree of accuracy. A Dremel will give you that accuracy. Well, if anyone has any suggestions on which one I should buy. I wouldn't buy uh, anything. I'd just squirt it with that uh, rust uh, converter and paint it. I like buying stuff. Well, don't we all? (laughs) I mean, the the other option, Tammy, is is sandpaper or or Scotch-Brite. I mean, anything that that can rough things uh, up a little bit. It, it's That's a little bit more elbow grease, but, you know, it, it's also like a tenth of the cost. But, well, that's what I did with the bumper. I have like about a hole this big, about a quarter, not a hole, um, a rust about that big on the front bumper. I'll take a picture mm-hmm. of it and post it. Yeah. Um, and I've been sanding it and spraying that rust stuff and spraying it with black spray paint. And it keeps, it just keeps digging and digging under the powder coat. Yeah, so powder my coat. finisher guy at the elevator company I work at, he says I need to sand it all down really good, get down to the bare metal just to get rid of it. Oh, and you mean get rid of the powder coat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's... <laughs> the I told you. getting underneath the, the, thing, the, the powder coat. It didn't sound like the uh, the bumper was prepped properly before it was yeah, powder coated. Yeah, I... I, I Spent uh, in my last job, I, I did a fair amount of powder coating, and and I can tell you that if you don't do your prep right, it, you might as well have just blown flour on it, um, because mm. it's it's not going to adhere to the metal, it's not going to bond, it's not going to be as strong. Uh, there, I mean, there's if you don't do one thing right when you're powder coating, you're going to screw up the whole job. Um, and even though it will ship and it will look just fine as it starts to go through heat cycles and, and, and you know, be exposed to the elements and stuff like that, you're going to find all those little things, all those imperfections that they didn't take care of ahead of time. And, and really, it's going to show you just how much they didn't do their prep work right. So, yeah. well, actually, unfortunately, you're, you're, you're becoming a victim of that very same thing right now. Actually, that sander you want to buy might be a good thing to remove all that powder cut off your uh, bumper. And I could paint it purple. 
There you Ooh. go. <laughs> you, you certainly know, have enough. That wouldn't enough look too to bad that now. That wouldn't look too bad at all. I mean, that would be a nice accent. You could uh, you could do that to both front and rear uh, bumpers. Hey, uh, hey I, I got a question for uh, Tony Martin. Um, you, you heard your Renegade is black. Is that right? Oh uh, no, it's uh, no, it's not. What, what color is the Renegade? It's oh. an anvil, which is like a, a gray like blue, a grayish green. Oh. oh, okay, okay. I'd love um, to see a picture of it. Did yeah, you, I'll send did you, you a pick? Actually, I did a video of it. Did you pick that color out specifically, or was it just like, yeah, I'll take that one? No, that's the one I wanted. It's actually the promo. It's the promo color, uh, and it was the color that was shown at the New York Auto Show. Oh, okay. I know which one you're talking about now. It's got a, a little bit of a metal flake, a little bit of a sparkle to it almost. Yeah, but you know, yeah. I love the white. I've seen the white a lot now. I haven't seen any white ones out here. Um, I, I, mostly the, the, the black ones are, are out here, and uh, I've seen a couple tan ones, um, but uh, I haven't seen any white or red ones yet. I don't think I've uh, seen anything here in the Houston area except red. Really? Of course. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> you said you did a video? I did. Yeah, I did a, okay. actually a couple of videos. Yeah, there's some fun. reviews. And, yeah. and this is a good segue. Oh, Tony, how yeah. can people find you on YouTube uh, and any place else you want to be found? Sure. So the channel is The Media Mart, T-H-E-M-E-D-I-A-M-A-R-T, at, uh, on YouTube. I'm also on Twitter, at The Media Mart. And those are the two best ways to get me. And who's your cohort in crime? So uh, my my girl Kimberly from Road Fries on Twitter. She is my uh, she's my sidekick for food and other stuff, and she keeps me honest. Yeah, I figured she must be from that uh, video clip we, we ran, and she says, "Don't drop that one. I don't want to hear you complaining for the next <laughs> yeah. thirty minutes about chili on the fire." And, and you just go. Well, anyway, <laughs> he just segued into here's my hot dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's fun. Yeah, and she I is. I tease her a lot about not having the food in front of her. Nah, she's a good sport, too. She's, uh, she puts up with a lot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a Tony thing. <laughs> oh, and she drives an FJ Cruiser, so I always tease her about, oh, we'll send a Wrangler in to pull you out. Oh, there you yeah, go. There you go. <laughs> You're yeah, you know you're you have the right mindset to be a Wrangler or <laughs> or, or, or XJ owner. So you know, keep going. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I I don't think you'll have a problem uh, with uh, working on a, a a TJ or a YJ at all, even if you don't have a, a garage per se to work on it. There's lots of people out there that work on their work and on their is, uh, jeeps in their parking ton. lot of their uh, apartment complex. Yeah, there's a ton of write-ups and videos and, and, and everything else online that, that can show you and walk you through step-to-step on how to do virtually anything on any old Jeep. Yeah, and in the Jeep family, you might actually find somebody that has a more uh, advantageous, advantageous a place advantageous. Be advantageous yes. place where you could work on it. And uh, they could stand there and point. Uh, you, know, you need to torque that, that bolt <laughs> more. <laughs> so. All right. Well, that's uh, that's about it for us, guys. Let's get over to uh, Wheeling Ware. This is where we're going to talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. We have, well, we have the Christian Crawlers 4x4 Club presenting Rock the Ozarks. This is a yearly event, guys, happening September 22nd through the 25th. That's right. It's a weekend-long event down at the Southern Missouri Off-Road Rancher, S-M-O-R-R. 
this is in Seymour, Missouri, of course. If you're looking for a fall family-friendly off-road event located in the central region of the United States, well, the Christian Crawlers 4x4 Club is hosting this off-road reunion that families can look forward to year after year. The trails for off-road, for every off-road build from stock to rock crawler supreme and also trails for ATVs and side-by-sides. This is an event where not only you can look forward to the challenging trails, but also look forward to reuniting with some friends and other Jeepers, which some of which you might only see once a year at this event. They got a kids movie night, kids raffle, and a big Saturday night dinner full, uh, complete with entertainment and a huge raffle. For more information, head over to ChristianCrawlers4x4.org and look for their events page. We also have the 18th annual Sand Sports Show coming up September 16th through the 18th at the OC Fair and Event Center in Costa Mesa, California. For more information, head over to the SandSportsSuperShow.com website and get a chance to win a 2016 Polaris Razor XP Turbo EPS completely decked out by Ride Now Power Sports and Dragonfire. There'll be re- vendors, food, music, and some stadium super trucks all at this event. For more information, guys, like I said, head over to SandSportsSuperShow.com. All righty, guys. Well, uh, we want you to know that the Jeep Talk Show is uh, an audio podcast as well. If you're watching us on YouTube, we want you to know that the Jeep Talk Show is available in audio-only format. Great to listen to while commuting or while working on your Jeep. Subscribe via iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, and now iHeartRadio, which, you know, you can do reviews over there as well. Hey, speaking of subscribing, you can now subscribe with your money. I know. Oh, joy. Yes, you can contribute directly to the show via PayPal. Just go to our JeepTalkShow.com website and look for the little orange button that says subscribe. You can select 25 cents a week up to $1. Your account will be charged weekly. Cancel at any time. Even if, even if you don't subscribe, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show. Hey, and did you know it can take up to four days for your favorite podcast episode to show up on Apple iTunes? It's true. iTunes is a great free service, and we appreciate Apple for all their hard work, but we want our listeners to get the Jeep Talk Show as quickly as possible. That's why we recommend that all of you iTunes users subscribe to our podcast. No multi-day delay. You'll get the new newest episode much quicker. Open up iTunes, search for Jeep Talk Show, and hit that subscribe button and never miss a great, funny, informative podcast. And if you never want to miss a thing from us, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Show. It's where we broadcast the show live every Thursday, 10 p.m. Central. And of course, our call-in show is happening every Tuesday as well. Guys, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the latest. <gasps> That's it for this week, guys. Wherever you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. And remember to always tread lightly, stay on designated trails, and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the tread lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to www.treadlightly.org Yay. Hey, and if you want to follow me on my Jeep journey, head over to jeepmamamma.com Hey, join the Jeep Talk Show team. We're looking for volunteers to manage our vast social media presence on the web. You can be part of the uh, Jeep Talk Show's social media voice. Send an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com to find out more. And if you'd like to find out more about how I can help give a voice to your product or business, by all means, check out my voicemail or my voiceover site, <laughs> www.thevoiceofjosh.com. Hey, don't forget to check out Tony, our guest host this week. Uh, just go to YouTube and look for The Media Mart. And uh, I think he reviews everything. Thank you so much for joining us, Tony. Thanks, Tony. Hope to have you on again sometime in the future. Can't wait to meet you up and off road with you. Yeah. Yeah. And look for a video on that coming soon. (laughs) Yay. Good night, everyone.